1: Welcome to the underground. The Steel City Underground. The black and gold standard for Pittsburgh Steelers coverage. Now, here's your host, Joe Kuzma and Zach Celedonia. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Steel City Underground podcast. My name is Joe Kuzma, half-awake and coming to you one day after all the big uh, Christmas festivities, Christmas Eve being a real big one here for Steelers Nation, and joining me to talk about that today, uh, Boxing Day, a happy Boxing Day to all of our friends that may be listening in the great uh, up north Canada, Uh, I think it's the great up north, whatever that might be, but joining us to talk about that, who... Might blame a different candidate here or there. One is Zach Flash Celadonia. Don't you like how I did that, Zach? What's going on, man? How was, how was Christmas and everything for you?
0: Oh, I love wordplay. I'm a big dad joke guy, but Christmas was great for me. <laughs> uh, did you get everything you wanted this year, man?
1: Uh, No, not yet, though, <laughs> because I still got a, eh, you know, you can't ask for much. You start to get up there in age, and it's not like it's not the same, uh, you know, kind of deal. You don't necessarily get, you're lucky if you get anything at a certain point here, right? And I'm very cognizant of that when I'm thinking about like, you know, my mom or my uncle or somebody like that. I try to hook them up. So, but we still have to exchange gifts. They haven't gotten their stuff just quite yet. Some of that, some of that schedule related, some of that weather related, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, spent my Christmas Eve freezing my nads off. At uh, Acresure is actually I, I was I was a little toasty because I had about, I don't know, 80 layers on and a pint of apple pie moonshine in my system coursing through oh. my veins, brother. And it's just like, uh it, you know, it didn't really hit you until almost the fourth quarter. It actually got warmer as the game went on. I think it kicked off. It was like nine degrees. and it was like 13. And it was like, wow, this is a heat wave. But I don't think I've ever <laughs> used so many boot warmers, so many hand warmers, so many. The the stories about the beer freezing. My Yingling was a slush almost as soon as you cracked that sucker open, and I Real? was oh yeah I was squeezing like out of it It was like an icy. I wanted to go get a straw. I felt I like can a be kind of good if
0: it's the right concoction. If you had like a sweet drink, I bet yeah. it was pretty good, like a white claw or something.
1: Yeah, you know, um, what I think a white. I wonder if a white claw with the alcohol content it would probably turn into slush too. It wouldn't turn into hundred percent because it's water based. I wonder if it'd be like an ice block. Uh, that, it could have been a weapon. Like I could have thrown that at somebody and like seriously injured someone. I think it, it was, I got most of it out of there though. For like a, your $10 beer. I'm like, nah, I gotta get yeah, that get, out, like, of you sip out of there. Yeah. You got to, you gotta get your money's worth, man. But
0: uh, otherwise. A little aluminum tab thing on the top too.
1: Yeah. I kept hitting that, trying to see if I could get a little extra out of, out of the can. It's like the pint can too. So, uh yeah, I mean, I was—we're looking around for our buddy Jamal. He sells like he's the beer vendor. It's up, uh, you know, on the opposite side behind the Steelers bench, I should say. If you're ever on that side, he's always posting on Twitter and stuff. I don't know. He went in early, cold. I don't know where he went. I was looking for him, but I didn't really get in that stadium. I'm like, don't need to be there early for any specific reason. I got in there for introductions, but man, whew, that was a cold one—a real cold one—and. Things could have went a lot worse here for the Steelers, but we have a victory Monday. Still a victory Monday because we took a day off for the holidays, for Christmas holidays. So happy, happy holidays, Merry Christmas to everyone out there watching and listening as well as I ramble and stumble and bumble through this. A little bittersweet on Christmas Eve. I heard some of the folks that watch the NFL Network got cut a little short on the uh, on the Franco deal with the 50th um, anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, but. Uh, they brought the team out there with all the surviving team. Those who can make it Jack Lambert, man. He just stays like in recluse. He's like a recluse, like a hermit or something. He wasn't there, but, uh, just about everybody else. Very emotional moment for a lot of people Art Rooney. If you didn't hear it, let off his little speech for it was kind of to the effect of this isn't the way we intended for this to go, or this wasn't the way it was supposed to go. So a little bit of better, sweet moment out there, but, um, you know. Uh, a great tribute, I think, for Franco, particularly when you finish with a score of the Steelers having 13 points and a victory over the Raiders. I thought that was pretty cool. So It uh, was, and
0: uh, yeah. the game ending on the 32-yard line with 32 seconds left. Did you hear about that?
1: Uh, yeah, I I thought that was a little bit of a. It wasn't 32 seconds. I'm gonna pull up the game book because uh, maybe let
0: the ball go. It was 32 seconds.
1: Okay, okay, yeah. I think the play went off at like the 34. I think it was recovered like on the 34. Somebody like made that try and like line up a little more. I think than what it actually was. But uh, honestly, I was too busy to rewatch the game with all of the Christmas. You just don't have
0: any child wonderment left in you.
1: <laughs> no, I have plenty of child wonderment left in me, but. um, I don't know there was something else with that too there was a couple 32s that were thrown in on that but the final score was uh that was kind of the icing on the cake and Charlie Batch actually predicted that in the pregame which was oh yeah uh, kind of silly too yeah uh he would he,
0: know he's been a part of a lot of 13 10 matchups
1: <laughs> not always on the winning side either yeah. and uh I don't know the people call in and they're just like Charlie you were you're the greatest you're the greatest backup quarterback ever to play for the Steelers and I'm just kind of like I wouldn't call in and say that to that dude. It's like, you know, you're second place or runner up to whatever. Like, I I feel like it's like insult. Like, it's a compliment and an insult at the same time. Like, it's passive aggressive to some nature. Oh,
0: yeah, it's it's very backhanded for
1: sure. (laughs) I feel like it can be. But uh, that's that's where we should go when it comes to talking about quarterbacks. Backhanded. And everyone who thought that Kenny Pickett couldn't be the man. Little birdie, little rumor has it, I know you want to take off with this, that uh, one uh, Kenneth Pickett called all his plays on the final drive. Hey, caramba. I mean, how else can you draw that up? Game-winning touchdown drive, led by Kenny Pickett, calling all of his own plays. It seems like everything that works with the Steelers' offense has worked well when these quarterbacks are just left to their own devices, including Mitch Trubisky for that matter over the last two, three seasons. So what have you say about a one Kenny Pickett leading the Steelers to victory in those final moments, man. I, I thought, uh, that was pretty, pretty, pretty damn sweet all considering all the other stuff that was going on in a game that was actually quite just, uh, it just dragged and we talk about boring from the week before. Imagine being there frozen and it just goes back and forth, back and forth. And it's like, man, can this offense, can somebody do something? And I really thought that the Steelers were going to do something the drive before that. And when they gave the ball back and I'm just like, man, Mike Thomas is counting on defense to do something, get that splash play or whatever. I'm like, I hope they can get the ball back and do something with it. And they were able to.
0: Yeah, uh, a couple of times, but the end of the game was awesome, man. It, it was So great. A very relieving feeling, uh, an exciting feeling. I thought before the Steelers scored the final touchdown, I, uh, thought to myself, I haven't been this excited or nervous about a game like all year, really, you know, uh, going into a couple of them. Sure. Kenny's first start the first game of the year, but it's been a very weird season and the, uh, emotions that I used to feel like watching Ben and the Steelers were back you know I felt like the game meant something it felt like this was a pivotal moment in Kenny Pickett's Kenny Pickett's career uh and George Pickens' career but uh it was so great to see him come back from the bad interception he had and a couple of the misfires you know uh I I saw a couple people refer to it as possibly and I don't agree with this his, his worst game of the season and I he had a couple misses for sure. Uh, there was a bad miss to Deontay over the middle. It was high. Uh, the interception, which I already mentioned, but there were a couple of drops too. Uh move. had a huge drop earlier in the game. And I'm a big Fryermouth guy. I think he's yeah. playing like a top five tight end this year, but Kenny put it where it needed to be, down by the end zone on the inside shoulder, and it bounced off of moves two hands. And Kurt Warner was like, that's one Kenny might want back. I was like, want it back, dude. He wasn't the one who dropped it, you know? And it, Perspective is everything with a lot of these plays. And he also had another drop by Deontay Johnson at one point, uh, more towards the middle of the game, that was a laser towards the middle of the field for what would have been what looked to be about a 15-yard gain. And he had green in front of him to run further. Uh, Deontay Johnson, I mean. So there were certainly mistakes By Kenny Pickett in the first half and the third quarter Um, conditions certainly mattered. I think that affected uh, not only him throwing the ball, but receivers catching the ball. It's not easy to catch the ball when it's that cold outside. It's like throwing around a boulder because it's so hard. It's just a different feel out there. And I don't even need to make excuses for Pickett because he came back and did it himself with that final drive seven of 975 total yards, 138.4 rating touchdown to end it out. And that is, I mentioned the emotions I was feeling earlier about watching this game and in particular that last drive or the last few drives with the nervousness and the not being able to sit down and stuff that I would feel watching Ben and the Steelers over the past few years. Well, another emotion that I think I felt start to bud and grow was that you know you watch guys like Ben or Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, uh, whoever, uh, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, when they have the ball with a minute left, forty-five seconds left, a minute and a half, whatever, two-minute drill basically, yeah, to go and try to win the game. As a fan, because we can speak from knowing from Ben, as a fan, you feel like not a hundred percent confident, but you feel like you have like a really, really good chance. Almost a hundred percent confident. You're like, Ben's got this, uh, Peyton's got this, whoever. Like it's, it's part of being a franchise quarterback is having that clutch gene. And this was the first time that after we scored, it was like, okay, Kenny, Kenny can be one of these guys, man. Because that's, it's, do you have the gamer in you to be able to step up in the big moments and the bright lights? He played his best he did on the last drive. And of course you want him to play better throughout the entire course of the game, but this was a huge step for his career and confident confidence. And I think it was a huge step from a fan perspective and confidence in Kenny Pickett. I'm only speaking for myself, but now I feel like if the situation arises again this year, like against the Ravens or a different opponent, and there's a minute, two minutes left to go and win the game. I feel like Kenny can do that. And I feel like I have a right to feel that way after what he showed and same goes for George Pickens. Uh, the moment wasn't too big for him either. Stepped up huge. And this could be a connection we're going to see in Pittsburgh for the next 10 years.
1: Yeah. And it's, um, it, I'm glad you brought up the deal with Pickens. And I'm going to go back to a couple of things here. And it sounds like you did. I didn't get to ask you, but it sounds like you did get everything you wanted christmas just based on this game i always get pickings. everything i want dude
0: i'm a only <laughs>
1: child in Italian. Oh, be, well i'm only child also but you know just come back at me at 10 years and see if you're still getting every everything you want too especially with the home and the dogs and the lady and everything else the world would go upside down especially if you're married with children so you'll be just like uh Al Bundy talking about scoring four touchdowns in one game. That's it. Glory days are over, man. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> so, hey, I, I
0: had a fifty one yard catch from the new offensive coordinator of Texas State, Mac Leftwich. Shout out.
1: <laughs> well, my my biggest sports achievement would be uh scoring twenty nine points. And an eighth grade basketball game, which I think they are only like eight minute quarters or something, I scored exactly half of our team's points with a five point win. <laughs> um, they actually fouled the crap out of me. And I remember they took me over the I, I, you have to take the free throws still. Right. And they actually taped around from my thumb underneath my elbow because something got caught like on, uh, here with a band-aid, And I basically was throwing free throws with one hand. And still made him. I was like unstoppable that day. It was uh, one of those things you never forget about the glory days, right? Glory so, days, dude. Yeah, oh, yeah. glory I days. You're
0: too. i are talking to? I can talk for hours about how <laughs> cool I was in high school and middle school.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I had some fun ones too, uh, over a whole bunch of a bunch of different stuff, and even playing like a backyard football with friends and stuff like that, rough and tumble. Uh, no, oh, bro, I'm-
0: dude. Listen, I how about like uh, fresh out of like high school i think it was our second or third year me and all my friends being graduated from high school Uh we got together for a turkey bowl and i was the first overall pick
1: never been <laughs> that. that's pretty awesome i mean we used to play basketball and uh, you know dude behind me had like a, a pretty large driveway and he had like the the hoop with the chain uh net and everything on it and that and oh, we yeah, used to have school. we used to have full 5 on 5 with people who had game waiting after that, and I remember uh, times where I'd be picked first and then times where I wouldn't. But I was like, grew up in a neighborhood where everybody was like three, four years older than me. I had Mr. Ohio in football live right next door to me. That dude was like good at every single sport. So, Who was uh, it? his name was Sean Penny. He ended up going okay. to Ohio State. I uh, believe he got hurt, but his dad, I think, also played for the Buckeyes. That was many, many years ago. So it would have been around 2000 or whatever for anybody. Legacy kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, athlete and a half, man. So when you got dudes like that, that could just like dunk on you at will and stuff it really uh but uh i was gonna say like you're talking turkey bowl when we play rough and tumble and there was like a garage and we made of the concrete cinder blocks right next to there that was in bounds we used to live for talk uh just tackling and spearing people into the garage wall <laughs> and if you could survive the garage wall and score a touchdown then you know you were good but that was a back fun.
0: when you could like fall off a roof and not <laughs> feel any pain
1: yeah there, i just saw a meme the other day that said you know if our parents actually knew where and how far we did take our bicycles, like <laughs> we would have been in some serious, deep trouble. But yeah, the uh the the number one, let me go back to we we're talking about memes and everything like that. The 32, 32 32 thing, since it's right up here with the picket to pickens. That's gonna be tough to say, but I'm gonna get used to it a lot. Um that was second and ten, Derek Carr, of course, intercepted, intended for Hunter Renfro. This was the play started at 36 seconds. Uh, cam sutton uh ended up with it at the pittsburgh 34 and uh, for no gain and then there was an unsportsman like conduct penalty for uh 15 yards and forced at the 34 right after that so it uh, might have been thrown at 32 seconds so you, you give him about four seconds or something like that the clock was stopped there was an incomplete pass before that but that was game over cam sutton the guy that i've been a huge stand for this entire season seals the deal and I felt that was uh, that was awesome. They picked off what Carr like three times in this game. Which they was, better
0: resign Cam Sutton, dude. We, yeah, we kind of need him to stay stick around. But yeah, Derek Carr three times. Kenny Pickett outplayed Derek Carr, and Derek Carr is viewed as like we mentioned him before in a recent show. He's viewed as a good quarterback in most people's eyes, like medium of the road at, at least. And uh, Kenny played better than him again. I'll, but I because I said this for Kenny, I'll say for Derek Carr. Obviously, the elements I think affected both of them uh it affected most of the players on the field but can he play better than Derek Carr
1: yeah 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 he did um can he by the way 26 39 66.7 completed passes 244 with a touchdown interception that was at 81.6 if you want to look at Derek Carr's number 16 of 30 53.3 for 174 um he finished with one touchdown three picks 42.2 quarterback rating uh Raiders were unable to run the ball 19 carries for 58 yards Steelers top 100 once again 27 total carries by the team for 106 they went to try and run that one play with Derek Watt again at one point and I knew that was coming and uh Harris led everyone only a 3.3 average but still was getting it done uh the, the well, still looks good out there for the most part. That
0: average can be so deceiving, man. I know, I know that like numbers Especially don't lie, but he just, he looks so good out there now. That, you know, I, I'm not concerned about the average.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to say why is because situation, uh, football, they're just trying to get first downs in a lot of these cases. So an extra carry yes. is going to knock, knock out your average. He's just trying to move the chains, gain a yard or, or two, a chunk here or there. Jalen Warren, six for 23. It was a 3.8. Connor Hayward had the one, uh, for 21 yards. Uh-oh. You
0: mean Zach Gentry?
1: Yeah. Uh, we- <laughs> Did you hear the
0: broadcast? Rich Eisen's like, it's Gentry! Gentry's going! Gentry! Oh, I beg your pardon, that's Connor Hayward. Oh, <laughs> uh, they
1: screwed up all kinds of stuff. In fact, um, it was... Was it this week's game that they kept calling Kenny Mitch Trubisky? It was calling somebody Mitch Trubisky that wasn't Mitch Trubisky.
0: <laughs> I, I, uh, I heard somebody mess up uh, a couple times, yeah. yeah. But that, that, that one was Rich Eisen. That was so funny. It's like, dude, they don't even look alike. Gentry's like nine feet tall. Connor Hayward
1: like a fire hydrant yeah yeah he really is like a little pit bull uh but Steelers hey another 100 yard game that's what they needed in order to get done get it done that final drive uh 10 plays 76 yards only um 200 uh or 200 uh, I'm sorry two minutes and nine seconds so they got the ball with 255 remaining Kenny Pickett six yard completion and Najee short middle to the Friar booth. I believe uh, the next one's the one that gets reviewed right after the two minute warning for 10 yards. That pass oh, is catch. not
0: getting talked about enough, man. That was yeah. a great pass. He fitted in between the sideline and what looked like 12 inches of, well, I guess a foot then uh, 12 inches <laughs> between the sideline and the defender where Friar Muth just scooped it off the turf. Great catch on Friar Muth's part but Kenny was fitting it into some windows uh, in the game versus the Raiders.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, Friermuth, I I agree with what you were saying earlier too. Like Friermuth was, uh, there were a couple passes that wouldn't have mattered if it was uh, Trubisky or Rudolph even. they weren't doing Kenny enough favors in some cases where the offense was just stalling it with some execution stuff. And I, I know some people are going to pull their hair out. If you even give mention that Matt Canada could be back next year. Although I don't a hundred percent believe that or advocating for it. The, the team, they said they were close and we still don't know. Like if the offense is any good, that's the bad part. Cause there's still just a lot of low, it's low scoring. Uh, yeah, it's a, cool a lot of every week. Yeah. Uh, and you'll get a lot of that when you, Kenny needs the full offseason. Needs to work with guys. he Needs to get Deontay and go to Florida or California or wherever, Arizona or wherever the hell they want to go, where it's warmer weather in February and and pitch the old football around. And since they're both under contract, they should be able to do that with ease. And these guys work out with other guys they went to college with or friends of friends of friends of friends, right? So yeah. back back onto this. After that, it was an incomplete pass and in Najee, which actually uh, that was the one that hit. It was like beneficial to the Steelers. Oh, two plays later, actually, because Najee, uh, they started going after him. This was the worst team defending against running backs catching the football in the league. They were the worst against it. And Denzel Perryman left this game. Denzel Perryman's a hell of a middle linebacker, and he wasn't in there. So it's like finally somebody woke up and said, start throwing the ball to Najee. And this is what's been missing. A lot of people, it's like, what's been missing? What's been missing? Le'Veon Bell, we used to call wide receiver two. We used to call him a wide receiver two. That dude was trying to get paid like a wide receiver at one point and Ben through, he had like probably a hundred, some targets, a few, a few of those seasons in the middle there. Absolutely. The and Najee teams.
0: had like 70 catches last year.
1: And he just hasn't been, uh, he hasn't been on the same pace whatsoever this season. I'll actually even pull it up. But within uh, the context of this, there was three different, three different times in a row here. It was all passes, but they got Najee um, involved. Now this one would have lost two yards. It also would have kept the clock running, but they ended up rolling an incomplete pass, reset the game clock. And that was actually beneficial to the Steelers that that play, which stunk to high heaven, didn't end up in an actual completion. Yeah.
0: That was the one time that I was a little bit on Kenny for, for the check down stuff. I, I never really get on him or or there's a lot of quarterbacks. I kind of don't get on depending on the situation with who they're throwing to whenever they check it down, because I understand getting nausea, the ball in space, especially when he's left wide open, But that throw looked like the dude was beating down on him instantly from the Raiders, like he was about to get lit up. So I didn't agree with that particular check down on the drive. Uh, But the rest of the throws to Najee, how how can you pass those up? They're leaving him by himself on the television screen. Uh, Brian Baldinger broke it down already, and he's like, they're just not covering him. Out of the backfield, look at this, wide open, bang, 10 yards and. He had the nice finish on the one where it looked like there were three raiders. There were two right on the first down marker and another one a little farther back. Najee just like splits the two, runs right through him, and the third and fourth one are the ones that get him down eventually. So Najee's running with a lot of confidence and is showing once again that he's great with the ball in his hand in space. So checking it down to Najee, uh, it can be frustrating when you're like, oh, just throw it down the field more. Just stop checking it down but when the guy gets it and goes for 10 and then you see him get it again and go for 10 more, what's wrong with that? Especially there's when you end there. the game with a, whatever it was like 25 yard dagger to George Pickens in the middle of the field. There's your, there's your throw down the field.
1: Yeah. Well that, that's what I was going to say. That ends up getting set up. They have a fourth of one and just like Kenny layout has been very successful. I'm trying to think somebody went in a jet sweep motion right behind him and kind of did the whole push the quarterback uh, uh, was from was Was it Boykin? That yeah, because he
0: looks sense. over at him and does the foot thing to like uh, say, uh, go in motion or come over here. Mm-hmm. And Boykin there didn't see or something because he did it again. And that like told me that like, he's asking for his help to yeah. push him, I think.
1: Yeah, either he didn't go or he brought him back. It was one or the other. Yeah. And like I said, man, uh, had it coursed through my veins, the alcoholic beverage. Well, it was pretty worn out by then. I was worn out entirely like eyeballs. If I could have wore ski uh, goggles, I would have just to protect my eyeballs. There was a guy
0: with those on in the front row with the Santa Should've. beard on. He had a sander beard
1: and the, uh, <laughs> goggles. Really? I really like you need, you need everything in your arsenal to get through some of those. Uh, now, when you're out there running around with adrenaline and everything else, I say it's a pretty good point, but let me finish this one. I saw Pickens line up on the inside slot and I saw Connor Hayward next to him. I think Deontay over on the far end, uh, on the outside of the numbers. And, and as soon as I started looking at them come out and line up, I said that ball is going to George Pickens. There ain't no way. Is they just been attacking? Uh, here's a team, Matt Canada. Oh, they don't go to the middle of the field. They don't throw to the middle of the field. And you're you're hitting, you're hitting, you're hitting Najee multiple times as a running back. Now all of a sudden, you're gonna line up Pickens in the slot. He's already a matchup nightmare. That is an in. You cannot defend against that play. And I said all it has got to be is a quick slant in. And that's a touchdown. I'm like, this is going to Pickens and I'll be damned if it didn't go to Pickens. Feel like a genius, sound like a genius. But, uh, you know, it was a beautiful
0: play. And yeah. I was sitting there actually like in my head, like, because uh, I wasn't talking to myself, which I do do sometimes. It's not that weird. I was sitting no, there it's not. I was like, but man, do you I just to see-
1: You answer yourself. Do you answer yourself too? Yes. Okay. But well, that's the weird part. I
0: have full blown conversations, dude. And I'll, <laughs> I'll debate myself like internally and externally, oh. but I'm sitting there watching Kenny. And I'm like, man, I just, I want to see what, like there, there've been moments this year. Uh, there were moments in preseason where like, he just looked like there was decisiveness to his throws down the field. And I was craving it. I was craving it bad uh, in the fourth quarter. And that throw to Pickens was so clean. So precise he he got it right on the numbers right where it needed to be uh threw it on time i saw some people saying he was wide open he wasn't wide open because george did beat his coverage like there was a corner on him and a guy behind i couldn't tell if it was zone or man i, I really couldn't but he beat that coverage just fine there was an open but there was a safety towards the middle of the field that kenny had to freeze just long enough and he mentions this in his post-game presser. He tried to look at Frymouth for just a second to stop the safety. And when you run that play back, you can see him do that, go right back to Pickens, fire it in there. And the safety who gets frozen, uh, he literally stumbles over and falls, like extending his one hand, just hardly missing the ball. So uh, that wasn't as easy of a throw as uh, some people have made it out to be. It was a very big-time throw
1: yeah it was uh did you happen to catch any of the rams game yesterday christmas day oh yeah
0: dude oh yeah i had a uh, rams first quarter money line
1: i had uh, a
0: couple <laughs> of course. i had the over the over <laughs> hit in the first half dude cigar game uh, uh,
1: uh, uh, why don't i even ask you know <laughs> i it's should football. know know who i'm talking to but that's all tony romo talked about was how sean McVay was teaching baker mayfield with his eyes use his eyes use his eyes use his eyes, use his eyes. Uh, yeah, Tony just, knows what
0: he's talking about. I've said yeah. before, I love Tony Romo. I am, I'm being, it's getting hard out here for Tony Romo supporters because the new cool thing is to say, oh, he's not that good. He's overpaid. I enjoy when Tony Romo's on the call and he knows
1: ball. Yeah. Oh, he knows ball. Definitely. Oh, man. They all get paid a very nice sum, especially uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, man. Oh, they got yeah. moved over. Woo. I forgot. What was it? it was for some reason in my head, I'm thinking like 13 million, but might, imagine they're making more some of these guys. Maybe not Romo. Romo still got the bag. They were still putting out some money when he was playing. But like Aikman compared to like the dollars today that he would be making, he's making more now probably in the booth than he was when he was playing, which is really oh, crazy yeah. to think about with a guy that has three rings, you know? The, Coaches and-
0: too, because that's the thing that people keep bringing up with Sean McVay is like he could make like $100 million or something crazy on TV. Uh, and as a coach of the Rams, he makes like what, like five a year or less? I don't know what he makes. It's not that much. Coaches don't make as much as people
1: think. It depends. I mean, Matt Rule was getting paid an awful lot of money. and Gruden uh, I guess uh, John Gruden, well,
0: yeah, if you're dumb, but Tomlin's salary isn't
1: that high. I think Tomlin's probably up there, though. I think he probably makes about seven a year. I really? Think, I at, want to say least. three and a half. Uh, I don't think it's that low. I don't think Look so. Look it up. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: I don't know. I don't know if there's a way that they actually, I don't know if they make that public uh, public knowledge. I think they just say, I'm going to look this up. It's going to say Mike Tomlin contract. You know it's going to happen. I'm going to get all these clickbait sites that say everything about should Mike Tomlin be extended. It looks like Mike Tomlin rumor insider. Um... So actually, here's one here. It says, from, it's, this is from October of this year. Steelers head coach makes about $11.5 million per year. So I was off. Okay, he makes um, good <laughs> yeah, money. Yeah, tied for fifth uh, among highest paid uh, coaches in the United States. Uh, it just says highest paid coaches. doesn't actually say. But see, then there's something here in 20. Uh, see, it's looking back like 2010. See, this is where we would have got that kind of idea. Uh, spot rack which is like a um, kind of like an over the cap type site yeah, so they have can... yeah they have a lot of this right. same information on here too so let me see if it says see they got all these players listed instead of like mike tomlin three years see they don't have the actual data here it's so all right I mean, it. kind of like
0: the 11 and a half if, it, if it, it's, it's accurate it's
1: yeah, if it's accurate, but I'm I'm saying he's got to he's got to get something because when he sees other people, it's the same, it's the it's that Christian Kirk contract effect. And Tyree kills like show me the money, and AJ Brown's like show me the money, and all these wide receivers. After that, this, it goes the same way with these coaches. Uh, it's not like Mike Tomlin is going to hold anybody hostage over it or anything like that. But I guarantee like him, Andy Reid, Belichick, uh, Pete Carroll. McVeigh, these guys are all they're McDermott's probably up there now too. Some of them get hired right in. Urban Meyer probably got paid a stupid amount of money last year, also. But uh these are all good points when it comes to because a lot of us were talking into the future of the Steelers, right? And this uh even even Stan and Charlie and they're you know, um, shout out to them for doing this like at midnight Christmas Eve. Like they could certainly be doing better things than the Steelers post-game show and taking callers. Who still some of them can't even be happy with the victory, but they were talking about the core nucleus of the Steelers, and even though the offense still doesn't have maybe a full identity on um, what they're able to do, because who who's the oldest player that's out there on this team? Isn't it like James Daniels, who's only in his first year with the Steelers on offense? Yeah, on offense.
0: Der- uh, I would Watt? guess. I would <laughs> guess. Yeah, I was gonna say Derek Watt, uh, James Daniels, and then um, Mitch, but he doesn't and, and- start.
1: Yeah, yeah, I guess. You could say even Mitch, but I mean even age and NFL experience wise, you've got a lot of guys that are only a, a few years into this thing, if that. And you're looking at Pickett and you're looking at Pickens, first year NFL players. They're they're freaking rookies. Najee Harris is a second year player. Pat Friermuth is a second year player. This all of
0: which Tomlin mentioned by Jersey number and his press are being like, can't say enough about eight, love love fourteen, eighty eight, twenty two, like that's when you know your coach likes you when he's addressing you by jersey number to the media and saying Oof. like this was big for all of them. Cause like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh it's it's a big stepping stone and it's it's just great for confidence and to to show you as a player that you can do this and you can win games like this when you play to this level.
1: So the Steelers playoff hopes are actually still alive and there's still a lot of things that have to happen. And I think you may have even been the one to retweet this. I'm not sure who actually put it out there, but they said every year I go home for Christmas holidays and I have to explain to my dad how the Steelers don't have a chance at making the playoffs. And then they make me look stupid because they're in the conversation. And here we go again. Right.
0: It was Benjamin. Solak. Yeah, was he was it? Really Yeah. Waiting
1: that's, waiting yeah. <laughs> that's who it was. Um, Cause he's an Eagles fan. apparently but his dad's a
0: steelers fan so that's why he phrased it like that
1: yeah he probably has to go to the other side of pennsylvania and has to deal with pops being in his ear about the eagles and steelers and whatnot and i'm sure that's good um you know table conversation (laughs) between both of those teams and and fans it's kind of like brian i think brian's brother is an eagles fan too so our own brian he wrote so uh, he has a lot of stories like that. Like I said, most uh, half of my friends and family are Browns fans, which is just going to be fun enough to uh, finish the season ahead of those clowns. As I've been a
0: low-key Eagles forward. fan before because I was a fan of uh, when Vic was there. Deshaun Jackson's one of my all-time favorite players. Um, Brian Dawkins was sick. Like They've had players over the years that have uh, made me want to watch them and root for them. So I'm kind of like a fan, low-key.
1: Uh, I could have you were going to say it was because of um, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Oh, no, in that movie Invincible
0: <laughs> isn't he problematic these days
1: I don't know is he I don't know I, don't know. I, don't know. I think those guys are pretty bulletproof they, the, they, got the, <laughs> they got the burger place anything they touch man they make money
0: he's I'm just so jealous. fucking corny whenever he like talks about the Patriots or like Tom Brady like that, that video of him fucking hugging Tom Brady after the Super Bowl and he's just looking him in the eyes and he's like you're the greatest of all time all time. You're, you're the greatest. It's it's so weird to see, to see that. How do you get on the field?
1: Yeah, he's probably got passes. Uh, dude, you know, these guys live in another world compared to you or yeah. I. You know what I mean? I go on the field. I'm still in, I'm in jail in a cold cell uh, somewhere, probably in like West Newton or something. <laughs> like so. Concussion
0: from the security team that just oh, leveled so. you to get you off the field.
1: Yeah. Uh, Connellsville. They got me in a basement somewhere never to be seen again. So it's like, um, <laughs> uh, but the Steelers are still in this thing and they went from like a 2% chance to like almost about 18% now, almost edging on 20%. And I know some things still have to happen. We still have a Monday night game as we're recording that hasn't been played yet, but their playoff chances are still alive. And there's still folks out there that are like, oh, I don't want to see them. Unless they have a chance of winning a ring, why do we want to see them in the playoffs? Man, you just don't know. You go into somewhere like Kansas city where it's equally crappy weather. And like you were saying, the ball is like, it's a rock. And I think that had part of what to do with Chris Boswell missing. And not to mention the wind was swirling. There's definite wind. The wind is crazy. And you've got the hot, cold aspect in the swirl. And I was telling you off the air, the, the old Dr. Buckler uh, from Youngstown state weather classes, cold air comes from Canada. Warm air comes from Mexico and it swirls around and does all that. You could see that. Like if you're in the stadium, the ball just like it's like there's the old man cloud that just blows with its cheeks in one direction and it doesn't go the way you want it and i know it's frustrating because it's like those are points that were left on the board either maybe those drives stalled and you still don't get the three points and that's what you were trying to settle on but either way they leave some points on the board It doesn't mean you can't compete with some teams i know everybody in a fantasy land if they if they were to make the playoffs i understand that they're not considered by any means to be a favorite but it doesn't mean they can't play spoiler to some degree too but there's so it's many football. people it's yeah football. It, like I, I, that, get that's
0: in. why as somebody who has a not gambling problem uh, you underdogs win a lot. Call fun.
1: <laughs> we'll call one 800 gambler Yeah. Something. Yeah.
0: Un- underdogs win all the time. Like I know that there's, there's a reason there's odds and not, but we could totally play spoiler, especially with the way this defense has been playing. If this is the defense that shows up, I firmly believe I'm tripling down on this take that Cam Hayward was playing injured throughout early parts of the season because he's been on an absolute terror lately. Yeah. TJ Watt again is looking healthier this defense can help play spoiler. And if the offense continues to grow and build continuity, that's another good point or not good. It's another good thing to get into the playoffs with the young guys to get them playoff experience and show them what it takes to try and win a playoff game, go in someone else's building, beat them, beat who people believe is a better team than you. Cause I'm sure if we did make it to the playoffs, you know, if we were playing pretty much any team in the AFC that would be there uh, it's going to be the, the meme. Like Everybody on TV is going to pick whatever team we're playing against to win, and if the Steelers can go into a game like that and win, it would be huge for the development of the young guys and um, just just great to see for the city.
1: And, and another hell of a coaching job by Mike Tomlin as well. There you I mean, go. Here we are. He's still, he's still in still You can in a
0: half million years, worth it
1: yeah that's right Uh, he's still in this and for everybody who said everything he left you uh, with a with a happy you know christmas eve and christmas day and left you with a whole bunch of smiles he gave you a gift of a win they now have a game that's been flexed in baltimore to a sunday night game man i was actually kind of eyeballing doing that but i don't know now that's going to be a madhouse of a place they got to go into there and try and do something you still don't know. It's like, uh, did some little birdie speak in someone's ear that Lamar is going to start practicing again. I don't know if that may be the case, uh, but you know, New I think Year's it's thing. just the
0: allure of Steelers Ravens, like yeah. this, the fact that we're alive at all, and, and the stinks. Ravens are too. Obviously, it's just like we're, we're the best rivalry, like top top three, unarguably in sports, and the best rivalry in football, I would say, outside of Ohio State, Michigan. So I, I think that it, it makes a lot of sense that we got flexed. A lot of people are pissed about it, but at least we're a good night team under Mike Tomlin over the past 15, 20 years. The Steelers show up under the big lights and they, they play well for most of the time. So uh, I don't hate it. It's just uh, going to be a bitch waiting all day for it to come along again, just like the past game where if we, this is how messed up my mind is, I like need to hurt myself. I need to feel pain. I thought about, uh, wow, what if Kenny would have thrown an interception on the last drive? Or what if that throw Same to George Pickens bounced off of Pickens's hands? Like I think about that stuff and I was like, man, Christmas would have been ruined. That would have been it. I would have been miserable yesterday throughout a d- duration of the day until I got at least anywhere from five to seven drinks in me.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. But if you get that many drinks in you on uh, Chris on uh, new year's Eve now, now you could sleep in. You don't have to be up for the one. I know you still will be. Place your bets earlier, Zach, before you start the New Year's Eve festivities maybe, or you're going to end up with like some crazy kind of like parlay that would have um, oh, I don't know, it would have been like uh Hunter Renfro with like four plus catches and Dude, some, I, I, I dude, uh,
0: Christian Watson. I had him at 49 and a half yards yesterday over in a four-leg parlay. He got hurt at 49 yards. Everybody else did their part. I had Tyree kill over 90 um, oh. Jeff Wilson. Anytime touchdown, Jeff Wilson over 40 yards rushing. And then Christian Watson over 49 and a half yards. He got hurt at 49. So like you're, you're speaking a language. I understand. You it's already, a, you need a stat a correction.
1: I don't know. Stat <laughs> corrections work in the betting world though. So we'll see. Hey, people fancy. think they
0: fix the over and under. How do you fix a player getting hurt on a four leg parlay? That I don't understand. That's just, shitty luck yeah. i did do well this weekend though i had a lot of winners picked out saints packers uh chiefs in the spread Bengals in the spread i did pretty well actually for a change
1: yeah I, it, it just goes back to show and i was gonna say this i meant to say this to brian uh on the previous show because we were talking about like chances and all these things that need to happen and it's like look at last year you had to have the Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Indianapolis Colts in Jacksonville, which they've done successfully, but nobody was giving them a chance, a snowball's chance in hell. That how game. soon you forget. Yeah, how soon you forget. And, and many years ago, there was a very, a very similar set of circumstances leading into these final games, and the Steelers just missed the window because... Kansas city sat all of their starters against what was the San Diego chargers at that time. And it was like chase Daniels was playing and all of a sudden it's like, you need a Kansas city to win. Right. And Kansas city started kicking their ass. Nile Davis backup running back. If you remember him, he had a short cup of coffee in training camp with the Steelers and, and it almost happened. They missed, they blew a call on a game-winning field goal i believe it was there were two different set of circumstances with field goals one i think that set the game into overtime and then the one that was the game winner by the chargers that eliminated the Steelers from the playoffs because the chargers had to win to get in and they, the referees, of course, didn't do their job, but it's it's a actual fact that you can go back and look, and just about every single season, if the Steelers weren't in the postseason, they were the very first team out of it. Mike yeah. Tomlin always has them right at the line. That's why the standard's the standard there.
0: I know that after uh, the year before they went to seven teams, the, the year before that, we were the seventh team, the mm-hmm. hypothetical seventh team, and that was the Mason Rudolph-Duck Hodges year. So we were we were a playoff team by today's standards with mason and doc
1: yeah yeah and they still have uh, that's why this team's still a very good core foundation regardless if they make it or not i know people are thinking about what order they're going to be in in the draft and that one that 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 irritates me to no end dude because when i when i go through here, I'll give you an example of some of the first round picks and what numbers. Joe doesn't like at. draft talk, everybody. Everybody relax. Well, no. It's like people want a top 10 pick. They want the team to stink, so they pick a top 10 pick. Because top 10 picks are uh, absolutely. Uh, I thought you
0: meant you just don't like people talking about who we might like pick. Because it, it's so hard not to do that, dude. It's just like thinking of like next next Christmas. It's thinking about what you want next. It's. I can't fault the people for doing that. But as far as wanting to tank to get a high pick, I, I understand the frustrations there, especially because of how we're playing. But um, at least, you know, the Bears pick is going to be high. Like, yeah. We're definitely going to have a high second pick.
1: Oh, Justin Fields killing me in my season-long fantasy. I was number one in both of my leagues, and I might lose both of my semifinal games. I, oh, and it was dude, my fault no. for sitting. I sat Burrow against the Patriots just because it was at New England. And I was yeah. like, yeah, you know, Fields, I think against Buffalo. I think this could be a shootout-type game, though. <laughs> Yeah. Op- ab- absolute opposite, but no. don't,
0: everybody does it, man. I'm telling oh. you, I'm in the championship in one league. I started Zay Jones over Foreman and Zay Jones, it, all the models, my models, the ESPN models, every website was like Zay Jones is, is the one, he, four out of five games, good games, developing chemistry with Trevor Lawrence, dude, Trevor Lawrence didn't even know Zay Jones was on the field half the time. He didn't even <laughs> look to that side that he was on of the formation. Like, I was watching the whole game, and he scored two points for me. Foreman scored like twenty, and um, currently I'm ahead about seventeen points, and he has Austin Eckler left. So if I lose because of like that decision, it's gonna haunt me forever. It's just everybody does it in fantasy, you know, because there's no there's so much luck involved, man. Like everything said, Zay Jones was the play, and Foreman had just been. I mean, we stoned walled you know. Like he just he, he just. And both was of those
1: it? dudes, him and Chuba Hubbard, both had topped 100 and had a touchdown apiece, too. Uh that's yeah. just sick. Like it, it just goes to show you any any given Sunday. I mean, it Kansas City last year, before I get back to my draft spiel, uh TJ Watt single-handedly had the Steelers in the lead against the Chiefs before it all went to shit. So, oh yeah, there was like I mean, a
0: 13 to 15 minute pick, almost the whole first quarter. I, yeah. I convinced myself that we're winning this thing. I have it,
1: there's hope. There's definite hope. But yeah, Kenny Pickett, pick 20 overall. Najee, 24th overall. It depends on what you think those players are going to end up being in a career. But TJ Watt was the 30th overall pick. But Dupree was 22. Shazier was 15. Jarvis Jones was a 17. DeCastro was 24th overall. Cam Hayward, 31st. Pouncey, 18th. Uh let's see, Lawrence Timmons was 15th, San Antonio Holmes, 25, Heath Miller, 30th overall. Ben was 11, but uh wasn't that a trade or something, or was Polomalo, Polomalo wasn't some straight, good players. 16. Uh, so a lot of these. Casey Hampton, 19. Okay, Plaxico was one of the last, if not the last top 10, other than Devin Bush, was at eight, but the year before that, Troy Edwards was picked 13. Alan Fanica was picked 26. So if you want to cherry pick whether or not players are going to be good or bad based on when and where they are drafted – um, you know, who remembers Huey Richardson, 15th overall. Uh Tim Warley, 7th overall. Tim Warley, man. That's like Tecmo Super Bowl Super Nintendo days there. Uh there was these are a lot real of,
0: people
1: you're saying? These, these were all Steelers draft picks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like Warley was supposed to be a good dude. You even had Tom Ricketts there 24th overall, but you compare that to a team I'd like to rag on repeatedly, if not, well, they won't have a first round pick for a very long time. But the Cleveland Browns, for example. Okay. Uh, So he took Jedrick Wills, uh, 10th overall. Okay. Uh, Baker Mayfield, Denzel Ward, one and four. Miles Garrett one. They have the top overall pick in the draft because they were just absolutely terrible. Before that was Corey Coleman with their fifteenth pick. Danny Shelton twelve. Justin Gilbert eight with Johnny Manziel twenty two. Barcavius Mingo six. Trent Richardson third overall. Phil Taylor twenty first. Joe Hayden was seven. Um, Alex Mack twenty one. Yeah. yeah, I mean, how extreme do you have to be in the top ten? Braylon Edwards was a third overall pick, and in the year that Ben got drafted, Kellen Winslow was sixth overall. Being in that top top ten doesn't necessarily guarantee you anything, anything when it comes to Super Bowl rings. So when I hear people, I see comments like, "Well, we don't. I wish they would just lose and then get a better draft pick because they have no chance of winning a ring." Yo, that's not necessarily the case here. We don't know that for sure and it does nothing just think about like the psyche of this if you believe in momentum, no
0: respect for the vibes dude no respect for winning vibes and momentum. building continuity and chemistry in the locker room mm-hmm. that matters a lot of stuff that you can't see matters in football whether or not you care about your teammates whether or not you've grown with your teammates how like and that winning helps that winning is like the water to the flower that is a young player's career. It just, it helps it grow faster and better. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about
1: anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
0: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In
1: that case, I pronounce you Lucky.
0: More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before
1: my kid's PTA meeting.
0: Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
1: I never win and tell.
0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: And they believe. And for a number of reasons, the Steelers, there's somebody that said TJ Watt has been ineffective this year. Well, I mean,
0: I said that he'd been, like, not good since his injury, but these past few games, he's come back.
1: He still has well, crazy. Him and Cam Hayward, wouldn't you like to see at least try and do this for Cam? Ageless wonder. Uh, by the way, what is with Tyler Huntley making the Pro Bowl as an alternate? <laughs> I mean, do you really think he deserves it over, like, Cam Hayward, Alex Highsmith, guys like that? But, oh, man, Cam... Do you think T.J. Watt makes Cam a better player, or helps Cam have more opportunities, or have, helps Alex Highsmith have more opportunities, and makes this whole defense go? Even if he doesn't necessarily get to the quarterback, the things he does—there was a pl- there was a play where he just knifed in on a run play—they couldn't do anything, and much to my detriment, Devonte Adams held in check, Josh Jenkins held in check. So I don't understand the people. It sounds like people that don't like losing want to see the Steelers lose. So they might not lose as much the next year because they just have a bunch of rookie players who might pan out to be better. And then they win that kind of logic just doesn't, it doesn't uh, compute with me. I, I I can't, I can't resonate. I can't reason with it. So I'm going to ride this because if they go into Baltimore and they've been better on the road for whatever freaking reason, and if they go into Baltimore and they're able against pro bowl alternate Tyler Huntley, maybe, uh, and, there, and there's a team that has struggled mightily on offense is the Baltimore Ravens. And if they can play like the defense that we've been seeing a lot better, I, I think I really do think, and then they have a chance to come home invite Deshaun Watson into the house who, you know, you were talking about the hard footballs and everything like that. I don't think Deshaun Watson's too accustomed to playing with the frozen football the molecules expand, everything like that. We we're talking about the weather class stuff. We we're talking about the science stuff off air, <laughs> and it's like, no man. When
0: he when he was like, <clears throat> pardon me, when people were trying to get the Sean Watson to want to be traded to them, I remember hearing he he wanted to go to a place that was like warm more often than cold. And uh, I mean, then Cleveland decided to give him a billion dollars. He's like, okay, I can buy yeah, a lot yeah, of can, with that. Yeah, I, I can buy some heated seats with that. <laughs> you know. <I> so, could, <laughs>
1: a heated vest or something that's there but yeah kenny already yeah, plays he with gloves jacket. Kenny already plays with two gloves so he's he's got it built in he's ready to go he's 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 had it as part of his uh repertoire for so long so uh but i mean he's that, got a visor now dude that's sweet yeah Love that. i knew you would like that i knew you would like that there's well, that helmet looks ridiculous without a visor on
0: because it's just like there's no top part there, I, my brain can't get over the fact that those new helmets there's no top part of the face mask it's just like connect. It's open, so like with the visor, it looks passable. Without,
1: <laughs> it looks ridiculous. A lot of people wanted the the gray, like the gray uh, face max uh, That that face Ooh, that would have been cool. With the with the jerseys, so yeah, yeah I was kind of I, I I was like, yeah, that could be kind of sweet. They need to do something different like that. Some other people said they should have put thirty two on the blank side of the helmet. Um, oh, that would have been cool. Yeah, something like that. So, but they all wore I'm all jerseys. I'm doing
0: different things in individualism.
1: Yeah, but uh, they all wore Franco jerseys in to the game, including Mike Tomlin and Mike Tomlin at the post game, which was just um, phenomenal, phenomenal. The atmosphere, <laughs> despite it being mostly empty, especially in the upper decks and being cold or having to leave early or whatever because it's the holidays, because the weather sucked, that was still one hell of an environment to be in. And you could tell that the players, they still feed off of it. And I'm going to share one more thing with you. I mean, You weren't there in the stadium. You might not have been able to hear it. So, you know, renegade, renegade. People were talking about retiring renegade. There's something happening out here with Journey, Don't Stop Believin'. And it was played for the offense. And this was actually the drive before the game-winning drive. But damn near the whole crowd, whether it was alcohol-induced or not, was singing along to it, Don't Stop believing. And it really feels like that is the anthem for this team and going forward. So don't it Works stop in believing. all the Christmas
0: movies. Once yes. you start singing, good things happen.
1: Yes. Uh, spreading holiday cheer for all here or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. The, I, I just bastardized the elf quote. But <laughs> uh, the only thing I know is, is it made out of sugar? Then yes. <laughs> I say Grinch that about is the best movie all time. time. What's in that?
0: Grinch. That's my goat Christmas movie. Which one was it? Uh, Jim Carrey's Grinch.
1: Oh, that's not bad. See, I grew up with the cartoon hole in hole. I'm and... sure did I, but the
0: cartoon's a half hour long. Jim yeah. Carrey gives you a full cinematic experience.
1: <laughs> I love that, the whole cinematic experience. You put me on the spot. I would have to think what would be, because i watched so well, many i thought
0: a lot about this, because i got like arguments on Twitter, people talking about Christmas vacation is awesome, and I would say that's probably two in my book, but the Grinch is just timeless. There, there's adult humor in it, there's child humor in it, obviously it's for kids, but like, it's still entertaining to this day. There's moments that some people cry, not me, some, and there's good songs, There's <laughs> it, it, it's just, it's a great movie from start to finish because it gives you everything. There's character development, there's adversity, there's a really good climax, pause. There's uh, original songs and you know that the devotion like Jim Carrey should've won an Oscar for his role in that, not only because he is flawless in his role and you forget you're watching a human being, but there's stories out there that, were well not stories, they're confirmed facts. He almost quit the movie because preparation to get into all that Grinch attire took yeah. like four or five hours every day. And his like yellow eyes, those were contacts that like actually really hurt yeah. uh, to the end. So he uh, gutted through it for all of us. And I, I, I mean, I just watched it yesterday. I, I love that movie.
1: Yeah, you know what? It put me on the spot, and I'm trying to think what would be. It's not a movie, but my all-time uh, favorite would have to be Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And, like the claymation. Uh, yes, absolutely. The stop, the, the Rankin and Bass um, stop-go uh, animation, or whatever you call it. And absolutely, Burl Ives, man. Uh, that every that, every song in there is timeless. You got Yukon Cornelius. I mean, uh, uh, bubbles. Silver and gold yeah Hermie doesn't want to make toys shame on you like oh yeah they're great i I almost oh man it's like i actually to the point where i get offended when people try to make mason rudolph jokes based off of such a timeless classic like don't do that don't 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 that's just that's that's not that's not fair um as an actual movie i don't know i've watched christmas vacation i've watched um home alone's pretty perfect though I got to say yeah
0: yeah home alone would it's those 3 you know you got yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point home alone christmas vacation jim carrey's grinch i can watch any of those during yeah. the month of december and just be completely engaged and entertained
1: i uh i just was watching uh, jingle all the way and then i went to watch now i i put myself through some torture uh the last few R20 days when he has
0: the uh, action figure right
1: yeah, yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Turbo Man doll. I got to get the Turbo Man doll, and you yeah. know, uh, it's, uh, he has some quote that's in there that's ridiculous too. But that that just like epitomizes like growing up and like the whole Black Friday kind of people like tr- like totally anti Christmas spirit. Um, one of the worst movies though you could probably put on is Bad Santa and somehow i end up throwing that on every now and then cuz it's just so dark but it still has a good message uh in the very end of it even though the guy like uh, you know um oh god why can't i think of his name right now uh, billy bob thornton billy bob thornton just no- totally nothing redeemable about that guy and his character like just really bad and somehow he's good at
0: that role cuz he's uh he's buttermaker in the uh bad news bears remake
1: yeah yeah um so christmas vacation uh, uh, absolutely christmas story i still gotta watch the newest one i watched the sequel so i've been watching like sequels like the ones i've never watched christmas story 2 i know what no
0: free plugs but i heard that i didn't hear that i went to go see violent night that was good Mm. the guy from stranger things is santa it was good
1: yeah you took you're taking my thunder here because i said i'm gonna probably watch die hard tonight finally find some time i'm just trying to figure out can i watch that with the kid around because it's rated believe it or not uh if i bring this up top top 100 christmas movies right and this will be for our two percenters that are still left at the very end of this (laughs) talking christmas movies it's a wonderful life followed by die hard it's a wonderful
0: (laughs) life dude that is that's a try hard move when you say that's my favorite christmas movie you cannot tell me that that's your favorite christmas movie what's your favorite part uh, it, it, do you do you have a memorized line? Do, do you enjoy the music? It's so boring. It's in black and white. It's it's not a good movie. I, I don't understand the whole like <laughs> oh it's a wonderful life. And same same goes for White Christmas. Ben Crosby, the most overrated artist of all time. Ben Crosby. I can't stand that song. It's not. I it doesn't sound good.
1: Oh, man. Well, as we continue to look through a few more of these. Hold on. This is great because I was actually having the same debate for music for those who want to hang on when it comes to timeless like Christmas, whatever. Uh, okay. So Christmas Carol, this version of it, uh, I'm not as familiar with, I'm, uh, more of the George C. Scott one or one's even, really good. Yeah. Muppet, uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol is also very good. The animated yes, one. it is. Yeah. Uh, very underrated home alone's on this list. Rudolph, uh, you just going to go through the top 10 national lampoons, Christmas vacation. Absolutely. Christmas story. Here's the other one that'll like, it might bore you to tears. I and mean, this might be blasphemy for people, but miracle on 34th street. I'm just, uh, that's not one I get into. Then Grem- Elf and Gremlins is on here, and it's somehow Bad Santa we are talking about. But there's the one that doesn't belong in this spot at number 13 is Scrooged with Bill Murray. That is, that's a top 10 Christmas flick. I don't care what anybody says. That is one of the goats. That may be one of, be- one of uh, Bill Murray's best movies ever. And you got to give a, an honorable mention to a, uh, Charlie Brown Christmas also. And if you flip back around, I know what you were saying about like, you're saying some sacrilege to some people about, um, uh, it's a wonderful life. And I say a lot of the same things too, when it comes to music and I say, how dare anyone disparage or besmirch the good name of Mimi, Mariah Carey. She's the queen of Christmas, Burl Ives, the king of Christmas. And if you put on any version of Frosty a snowman, other than Jimmy Durante and his like New Yorker. Uh, new Jersey kind of drawl. I don't want to hear it. Those are the songs for me. It's hard to pick a top five. I put a few out there. Trans Siberian Orchestra, probably uh the Christmas Eve, what is it, 1979 Sarajevo, whatever it is. You have to tell uh, me by Ariana great.
0: Grande is a really good song.
1: Oh, I, I, it's like I the do new like that. age uh, I do. Uh, classic. I could definitely get into that. But man, Burl was Now, my mom was getting me more towards she 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 got me swayed a little bit to gene autry okay rudolph the red-nosed reindeer with gene autry and i could say yeah it might be uh i don't know though burl ives just there's something with burl ives and then there's also a burl ives song that's out there with um um david bowie that's a uh, a really good kind of uh match up with like little drummer boy in that so i yeah, i there's I a like lot bowie. of there's a lot of good christmas music i'm just not one of those folks that can listen to it year round wait till Thanksgiving. And then we could start. Mimi could come out of her cave just like she did in the Macy's Day Parade. Uh, but otherwise, don't you say uh, between Thanksgiving and like New Year's, don't you say a damn bad word about her? She has the voice of an angel.
0: Yeah, she, <laughs> she's this nation's symbol for Christmas.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Well, dude, I think that will do it. We're so far off the, the football reservation, but always good to have fun. We're up against it. It's an hour show on a a holiday week. So hopefully most of you out there, hopefully you were safe. You didn't get into any kind of shenanigans or trouble or any adverse weather that affected you in any kind of way, shape, or form. And we're both here, myself and Zach. So hopefully we'll be here later this week. We'll do some, or Brian or whoever decides to pop in here. We'll see. I should go back and get... um, Wilcox he told me just to call him Wilcox Justin Wilcox over from the Ravens side because he got to talk his smack last time uh with the believe in Ravens I should have him back he's an awesome dude and I'm just gonna say yeah now it's time for payback man because you know the Steelers uh, split these division games, Ravens Browns coming up. We might have a shot. Might, uh, m- might be an outside shot, but to quote another Jim Carrey movie, you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> so take it easy, dude. Thanks for joining us, Zach. And we'll do it again, man.
0: Oh yeah. Can't wait, brother.
1: Absolutely. So folks, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. If you've been hanging around this long, uh, we'll get your answer to Brian's um, riddle, to which there was a thousand comments. And also the one Jag who told me I didn't use a picture of Franco on the podcast artwork. It's like, we talked about Franco. I'm not going to exploit, uh, the, you know, an unfortunate situation just to get us clicks, likes and views. So to that, my two percenters, how do you,
0: uh, how do you throw a party in space?
1: We need to, we need to let people leave it in the comments here then too, or are you just going to give the answer now?
0: Uh, I, I, I guess we can let people try to guess. It, it's, it's, it's a thinker, but it, it's a great knee slapper.
1: Oh, awesome. You know what? I think we'll hold on to that one then. This is like this is like the cliffhanger for the two percenters. And then it's like, same bat time, save bat channel, and we'll be back. My name's Joe Kuzma. His name's Zach Celedonia. And until next time. Yeah, I had it here somewhere. I had to write it because you had an F-bomb somewhere in here. I had to put the... You'll see me like, I've got all kind of notes over here. I'm writing all the stuff down to... Yep. we go through yeah we actually do we sound like we're not prepared we sound like we're not prepared even though i told a story with my gabe's reward card and a college story nice i liked it but i'm gonna leave it with, with this it was like this is all the more i had for like a speech one time it was like one side of an index card and i freaked some people out that were part of the it was a group project and still just nailed it brought it home that might that be all the more we have. That's all we need, though. That's all we need. That's all we need is the game's rewards. So until next time, everyone take care of yourselves. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. And we'll, um, well, next time, I don't I finish this off. I can't even remember. Be safe. Be good. We'll catch you later. We would like to thank you for listening and remind our listeners to follow us on social media and our website, www.steelcityunderground.com.